Good evening. This is an update for those in and around East Palestine, Ohio, uh, wherever anyone may be affected by the contamination, but I'm speaking particularly to those in East Palestine, and my subject tonight is the EPA's proposed plan uh, released on Thursday to test for dioxins in, uh, in East Palestine and also uh, to do level background level checks in the area. Uh, I want to respond to the EPA's plan and explain to you why I think that it is a work of fraud designed to let the railroad off the hook and to not find the chemicals that they know are there. Um, I'm going to try to keep this as concise as possible um, to actually learn this issue. It's going to be necessary to do some reading uh, as well as listening to a couple of more audios. When this happened in my community in 1991, I was very fortunate uh, that I was uh, able to get in contact with a guy named Ward Stone. He was the state wildlife pathologist, but also someone very active on toxins issues, and he explained things to me. I was then, when I broke a story about dioxin contamination in the dormitories, I was contacted by someone named Dave DeLucia from Long Island who had recently done a cleanup on a different college campus, and he brought me documents and basically sat me and my team down and explained what was going to happen. He was right. And then I had to go through the steps of, of learning the issue and actually engaging with state officials. Uh, you are about to be in a toe-to-toe -to -toe confrontation with federal officials and, and some state officials, though I think that this uh, whole thing is uh, going to be federalized at some point, though the state of Ohio has quite a bit of culpability in what happened. Uh, and you are going to need to know the rules of the game. Uh, you may not even know that there is a game, a very, very well-established game, where federal officials know exactly what to do to fool you, to keep you in the dark, to confuse the public, to um, provide false information to a corporate media that is all too eager to declare the situation over. I consider it a miracle that we have gotten this far in this day and age. Uh, my sense is that most people do not understand the gravity of the situation. And I'll tell you that in my knowledge of history, it could not be worse. Uh, this includes several different stages. The release of chemicals themselves, the release of, of the burning chemicals, which included things like lubricating oil and polyvinyl chloride, vinyl chloride monomer escaping into this mess, providing an extra chlorine source, the synergistic effects of these chemicals when they blend into thousands of new compounds that have never been identified and that don't necessarily have names yet because no one actually studies this. And then finally, the known degradation byproducts of when chlorine is burned, particularly when there's a lot of chlorine present in the same place that hydrocarbons are burning. Uh, you could not be in a worse situation. Uh, the inversion that occurred 
at the time that they lit those chemicals on fire. This shows you how reckless they were, that they didn't even consult a meteorologist to make sure they were doing this under the correct atmospheric conditions. And what ended up happening was that the chemicals lingered and were dumped back on the town. A similar thing happened at New Paltz because the incident happened during a low pressure foggy situation. And so the chemicals lingered around and, uh, and, and didn't go as far as they might have. And so therefore they stayed on the campus. And by the campus, I mean the State University of New York at New Paltz. We're working at this tirelessly for three years. I was able to force a $50 million cleanup. Not a very good cleanup in most of the buildings, but still better than nothing uh, in these six buildings. So um, I want to respond again to the EPA's um, proposal for dioxin testing. And I want to tell you the two main uh, facets of the game that they are playing. So this is going to be in two categories, and you've got to understand these to the point where you can argue them on your feet, because there's not going to be any lawyer who comes in and saves you. Erin Brockovich is not going to save you. She is, from what I understand, selling. She's kind of like the, um, uh, let's say, clickbait for a ma being a magnet for lawyers. Uh, that's problematic, if I'm understanding this correctly. There's not going to be any deus ex machina. No, God is not going to come down on a platform. Um, it, it is going to be God manifesting through the relationships that you have with one another, um, your, your own connecting with your perseverance and strength, and letting yourself be guided by and empowered by spirit and the sense of love for one another, your families, and your community. Okay, so here is the first problem with the EPA's proposal. Right up in the subheader, they say that they aren't, are going to check for an unacceptable risk of human to human health based on the dioxin levels. Uh, that is implying that there is an acceptable risk to human health and an unacceptable risk to human health. And the first thing that you need to know about dioxin is that according to the federal government's own data, mainly from the reassessment of the toxicity of dioxin and previous studies, this was all going on in the in the 80s up until uh, early in the Clinton administration when the whole thing was basically flushed, um, there's no safe level of exposure to dioxin. There's no level at which there is no observed effect in some portion of the population. The levels are worse than X, Y, and Z. The levels are unknown, which means that there's a, a huge variable right now. And you can be sure that when they come in and, and do sampling, those guys are going to come in wearing level A moon suits. They're going to bring their air and have their air contained inside the um, in, inside the suits because they are in an unknown level of contamination. While everyone else is walking around in normal street clothes without respirators, so they're saying that there's an acceptable level <clears throat> of of risk to human health, but that that means that they are writing themselves license to kill. The license to kill is technically called a risk assessment. The risk assessment allows them to kill a certain number of people. They call it risk, but actually risk means incidence level. So that means with a risk level, they always say that it's one in a million, so pretend. That means they know they will kill one in a million people and that 
means many more will be injured, not killed. The risk assessment is only about the death rate. It's also always a lie. Um, it is based on, first of all, a hypothetical calculation. It's also based on exposure to one chemical when people in East Palestine and surrounds were exposed to probably somewhere around 20 uh, known chemicals and then an, uh, a, a, an astronomical number of uh, combustion byproducts and s synergistic effects of those chemicals. So they're, the first lie, and it's right on top of the press release, is that they are going to determine if there is an unacceptable risk. Now, I want to know who decides what's acceptable and who takes the risk. It's always them deciding who's unacceptable, and it's you being exposed to the risk. And the whole thing is designed to save money on the cleanup, and that's always at the expense of human lives. Now, you may not realize how serious this is, but I'll tell you that every day you are exposed to these chemicals might be one day too many. The chances are you, you've already received many times your lifetime, let's say, quota for these chemicals. Um, and to give you an idea, just speaking of dioxin, uh, how toxic this stuff is, the uh, the, the amount of pure dioxin that, that would represent what the EPA falsely claims is the safe lifetime dose is 32 million people's, say, quote, unquote, safe lifetime dose can fit in one aspirin tablet, about 325 milligrams. Uh, and that means the entire, quote, quote, safe lifetime dose for the United States could fit in 10 aspirin tablets. You could mail that with one first class stamp. So it is incredibly toxic, and that is just the, the one chemical degradation by a product likely to almost certain to be present uh, because of the amount of chlor vinyl chloride and polyvinyl chloride uh, that, uh, that were burned. So you must challenge them on the safe level. If they're saying there's an acceptable or safe level, you want to demand a study that says that your motto must be throughout this thing, where's your data? You have to practice saying that. Where's your data? Wait, where's your data? Raise your hand and try it now. Where's your data? Excuse me, where's your data? They make a claim, you say, where's your data? I want to see data. I want to see a study supporting that claim. Otherwise, they can say anything. And you have to be the ones who hold these people who claim to have the backing of science to the standards of science, and the standards of science are always an objective data-based analysis. Every claim made by one of these so-called public health officials or environmental officials, you are the only one who can demand that they provide their backing for their position. Okay, so that's going to be the first game, is the, the game of acceptable risk. And that, of course, begs the question, acceptable to whom? And remember that every day you're there may be one day too late. Every day your child is there may be the day past when they cannot recover or have a child or when they'll be stricken with endometriosis for the rest of their life or bizarre ovarian and vaginal cancers that are the result of, of dioxin. Just speak to people who's fam who, who are the descendants of Agent Orange uh, victims in Vietnam. The second part of the game is that they have announced that they are going to do a background level study to compare the levels in areas that were, quote, not affected by the train wreck, unquote, 
against the levels in East Palestine, and they're going to see if there is an elevated level in East Palestine, uh, and then that will uh, supposedly trigger their concern. Here's the problem. They are probably doing, it's, it's directly said in their press release, that they're going to do a background study as part of the dioxin level check in East Palestine, and they have not said where they're going to test. We sample, we don't know how this plume moved. This plume moved, as far as I can tell, in strange ways. There are towns nearby where many people are sick. There are towns nearby where it does not seem that there's many people sick. Of course, sooner or later, it's all going to kind of even out over time. But right now, we know there's an uneven plume. And so for them to say that they're going to take samples that were in places that were not affected is a lie because they don't know where it was affected or they're going to go where they know based on their studies and analysis or secret previous testing um, that, uh, that they're going to have lower levels. So this background thing has to be called out for what it is. There's no background. First of all, it's, 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 not, it's, not, it's not even a valid comparison, but any sample of the background has to be somewhere either absolutely nowhere near any known point source and anywhere ne near where this plume uh, might have gone, or it has to be a background level from somewhere like Hawaii, where you can have a more of a true background. There's probably not a lot of chlorine uh, polluters in Hawaii. There's plenty of farming and chemicals, but probably not, you know, too many paper mills or chemical plants. Uh, I don't know that for sure, but I'm just saying that th for them to say that they're they're going to sample the area for places unaffected and, and then do a background study and then compare the results of the background study to the results in East Palestine is, to put it mildly, complete, unmitigated bullshit. And this is bullshit with which you will pay for your with your life and that of your family if uh, you let's put it this way it's pretty easy to get unlucky uh, around there uh there is a another uh, glaring matter uh, coming out of this which is that the places they are saying they are going to sample are the wrong places it seems logical to check the air the soil, the sediments, and the water, because, well, that's where people go. However, that's not where the contamination is going to be now. It is entirely probable if they check air, soil, sediments, and water for dioxin that they're not going to find it. They might find it in a fish in some months because it'll bioconcentrate in the fish. Um, there are other, other ways to find it. I mean, farm products are going to need to be tested. But right now, what needs to be tested are two things. First thing is they need bulk soot from the burn pit. The state of Ohio, the EPA, the NTSB, and Norfolk Southern committed a crime called spoilation of evidence. They destroy the evidence of their crime by backfilling that pit and making it impossible to have, well, very difficult to have proper, um, proper samples taken of the immediate degradation byproduct of that ditch where they burn the vinyl chloride monomer. There should also be samples taken from the inside of those white, those those uh, tanker cars. Those seem to have been hauled off the other day. Well, were there, were there samples done? Government and corporate entities don't want to do samples where they know they're likely to find it. And I'll tell you that the two most likely places to find the dioxins are going to be in that burn pit 
end inside the cars where um, there, there was uh, off-gassing and pressure. The third place they need to check, and this can still be done, as can the burn pit. I mean, that can be exhumed properly till they hit the level of soot. They go below the backfill, and they and they and there must be an enormous amount of soot down there, and that needs to be grabbed, a couple of pounds of it, and uh, and analyzed. Of course, this must be done with complete enclosure, total environmental protection, like the boy in the plastic bubble. Okay. Um, Finally, they need to take wipe samples. Wipe sample is a piece of gauze soaked in hexane, that's a solvent, and, and then a, um, an, an area, say for example, one square meter, is, uh, is, is wiped clean with the, with, with the hexane-soaked gauze. And they need to do a study of rooftops all around, in and around East Palestine, say probably 100 of these uh, would, would be enough to get first look to get a sense of the levels of dioxins and the breakout of the dioxins and furans of various kinds and other dioxin-like compounds. But I'll tell you that if the sample is either not of bulk soot, which is a form of basically greasy sediment, or the sample does not require the use of a hexane solvent to get it off of the roof or some surface that has not been disturbed, and the rain doesn't matter. This is not going to get washed away in the rain from from these uh, grimy grimy deposits on the on the roof. Um, is if they're not using hexane, they're not going to find dioxin. They need to do something that cuts the grease and absorbs the sediment into the gauze, and then that gets put in the sample bottle. And that basically, worst case scenario, right? The pure the pure vapor from the fires landed on the roof. That's what needs to be checked. What I'm saying here is they need to check the, uh, the, the, the situation at the source, at the point source, not around the point source. And the point source is any place near that fire, including undisturbed rooftops. And if they start, if they, if they, of course, they're going to test all kinds of other places that are not going to be nearly as likely to produce a, uh, a, a, a level that they would call significant. But first of all, that contamination is going to remain on those rooftops uh, for all eternity, gradually diffusing into the environment. It's a very slow process, but it, it happens because everything goes from an area of lesser concentration in nature to an area of, sorry, greater to lesser. It's the law of diffusion. So everything that's contained now will eventually spread out, but we absolutely, unquestionably need to know the conditions at the origin. And that means all around where that fire happened and right in that trench. Now, um, it is not easy to confront federal officials. Some of you have, have done it, but the thing is that they know the rules and they know how to fool you. They know how to say things that are going to convince most of the public. And right now, what's going on in and around East Palestine is that the residents of that area, the hardworking people who've built up their lives and created the local economy and made the place work as a community, as a, it looks to me like it was a perfectly excellent place to live. I love small towns. Now, suddenly, uh, you've had the, the, the entirety of your economic and Life pulled out from under you. You have uh, you living under constant threat to your health that is mounting. 
day by day, and I understand this is a very difficult position to be in, <clears throat> particularly when you cannot expect someone to come riding in uh, on a horse to save you, and we all think that that's what's going to happen. Um, and so I would get that out of your mind and recognize that the leadership is going to come from your community. The role that I and my organization can play is we can continue to be a place where knowledge and history are consolidated. We can be a place where things can be put on the official record. The body of my work is the official record. I'm an accredited journalist and uh, viewed with the sufficient respect that I count myself as someone who is keeping a kind of a public ledger. But you cannot merely count on me. My intention is to educate other journalists, bloggers, vloggers, and substackers, and YouTubers, and all these people to, to get the story right. And I have had tremendous success with that, but there must be more effort coming from the people of East Palestine and surroundings. Uh, the most important things you can read, I think, in, in my body of work are my critique of uh, the EPA's um, the EPA's plan for testing, which I will um, add. I, I'll, I'll link to that. I will link to their press release, which is the kind of um, kind of the contract they've written for themselves that you didn't sign, but they're saying this is what we're going to do, and I assure you they are going to try to do it. I do think so. I'll, I'll put some resources on this uh, on this recording. However, I am strongly advising anyone to who has a say here to reject this plan as an act of fraud, as a work of fraud. In this case, fraud means attempted murder. They are trying to conceal the truth from you, not reveal the truth to you. And it, it, you may ask how I know this, and the way that I know it is that I'm familiar with the history of a great many of these situations, in particular Love Canal, what happened in Tidewater, Oregon, in that region where Carol Van Strum lives, what happened at Love Canal, um, what happened in Times Beach, Missouri, what happened at SUNY New Paltz, what happened in the Binghamton State Office Building, all places where dioxins were released, and there was this um, too long of a uh, game played by the government against the people. And the only way out of this is to level the playing field by knowing the issues, getting it down to what you can say in under one minute, and making sure that you are prepared to argue with these people because there's not going to be a lawyer standing there. There's not going to be an environmental consultant standing there. There's very unlikely to be a highly informed um, a committed member of the press standing there. Uh, so it is up to you to, uh, to make this right. All right. Um, that is what I've got to say for now. Um, anyone can add comments to this, um, to this uh, post on Substack and, and you can also reach me at EFC at ChironReturn.org. My contact information is Going around, I've, uh, I'm in contact regularly with a diversity of people from the area, and I ask that you please share this uh, post with the recording as far and wide as you can in and around East Palestine. Um, more than my thoughts and prayers are with you. Um, there are several of us here who are working diligently to make sure that we understand what is happening 
and uh, and I am the uh, kind of output end of uh, of of the uh, operation in terms of my articles and my recordings uh, on my radio program last night. I can I can add a link to this so that you can just go go, go right to that section. Uh, I d- did a deconstruction of the notion of acceptable risk. Stick a lot of warning quotes about that. Uh, there's no level that is acceptable because if there's any risk, there will be sickness and death. And that's not right. It is not right. Okay, on that note, I leave you. Thank you for listening. And bye for now.